0: Hello, you're listening to Dishing It, a podcast focusing on all things food and drink in Scotland. Well, hold on to your hats people. It's an exciting week here in Scotland as hospitality reopens following four months of closure. We've been teased by England and Wales getting back to dining out and drinking outside, but now we can join the exclusive club of stepping a little bit closer to normality. So to mark the return of the industry, I'm joined by Stuart McPhee, Managing Director of Siberia Bar & Hotel here in Aberdeen, who joins me to talk about what's new for the bar, drinks recommendations, and the real impact of the pandemic on business. Aside from Siberia, Stuart also has been working on a drinks brand behind the scenes, Twisted Sisters, and he's getting ready to launch that shortly, and he tells us all about it. But before we go straight into today's episode, Here's my food travel, yep, because we can do that again now, and general highlights from the past week. It's your essential dose of food news with your host, The Food Hoover. Okay, so on the note of bars reopening, you might be struggling a bit for inspiration on which beer gardens to go to and where to get booked into over the next few weeks. And local food blogger, wine swigger and recipe extraordinaire, The Ginger Chef, has taken the hard work out for you by compiling a bumper list, and I mean bumper, list of beer garden locations in Aberdeen and around Aberdeenshire. Check out her Instagram, I've linked it in the bio of this podcast, and look out for the yellow square on her grid and you'll get your 101 of where to drink in the region. And while you're there, check out her ingenious recipes. Phenomenal. Shops, cafes, restaurants, hairdressers, you name it, they are all open again and it's been great to see the city centre a little bit more lively than the past few months. If you're after a gift to share, the Aberdeen gift card is the perfect gift for a friend, partner, family member, work colleague, the list goes on. To spend with over 160 businesses here in Aberdeen. Whether you want to gift a pizza lover with a dinner at Max Pizzeria, a shopaholic a shopping spree throughout the city, or gift a much needed trip to the hairdresser to tame an unsightly lockdown Barnet, it's a flexible gift to spoil any giftee and they'll be glad to have it. Staycations are definitely on the cards for this year, and a place that I'm delighted to see is reopening from the 29th of April is the Hout of Torbeg, just outside Ballater. Nestled in the heart of the Cairngorms, take your pick of glamping pods or the quirky shepherd's hut to stay in for a few nights and take in that lovely country air with plenty of places to explore nearby with Ballater, Bremar, Aboyne, hills all around to explore. After Aberdeen's local lockdown last year, me and my girlfriend escaped for a night to spend an evening next to the fire pit with marshmallow to toast, a bottle of red wine and a glorious sunset sky over rolling hills. True perfection. People who don't like camping, don't worry, this place is for you. It is like a hotel. Great facilities, you don't have to pee in the woods, you've got toilet, shower facilities, it's great, and you can even got a space to um, boil your kettle as well. And finally, in true celebration of the return of food, the Backyard Beach Collective takes place from Friday the 30th of April to Monday the 3rd of May bringing a street food market, outdoor bar and beach vibes to Kedona's car park. It's rammed with local producers like Smoke and Soul, Hayden's Woodfire Pizza, the Smith Gin and some new brands including Aberdam Dutch Fries. Very interested to try out that one. It's going to be one hell of a food weekend, that's for sure. Now the 5,500 slots that were available to book over the weekend did get booked up in just two days. Yes, two days. But you never know, some good eggs out there might cancel their bookings if they can't manage anymore. So keep an eye on the bookings link, which is also in the bio of this podcast too. The Backyard Beach Collective is organized in support of Stacks Abs, a new market concept exclusively for independent businesses across food, retail, and the arts. It's due to launch next year, but more than that after this week's podcast with Stuart. Enjoy. Hi Stuart, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, it's going well, thank you very much. Enjoying the fine weather up here in the northeast today. Extremely miserable, raining, yes. cold. Um, you know, we don't seem to be getting blessed with the weather that we are seeing in England. So, you know, we're just making the most of it.
0: <laughs> exactly, making the most of it. I know, as to say, it's been wet and wild today. Um, it's great to have you join the podcast. And even more tying that just a few days ago, um, Siberia announced its return on the 10th of May. Um, how does it feel to be coming back?
1: A bit daunting, to be honest. I mean, I feel like we're going to be massively out of practice. This is like the longest lockdown that we've been well, longest kind of period of closure that we've been through, um, from the tail end of December through until what will be the tenth of May. And I, I'm just worried we're going to be a bit rusty. You know, and <laughs> we're going to, you know, for, we're going to be dropping pints off trays. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be getting checks wrong. We're just, I'm just, you know, we're just going to ease ourselves back into it. You know, we're that's why we've kind of given us that two week window there between, you know the 26th when we can open outside so everybody that will kind of open at that time they'll get going then and we'll you know get the guys back in around then and get them out you know training in the bar get used to the kind of we've got a lot of new systems in place we've put a bit of, you know a time time into looking at you know new booking systems new till systems and and a new flow in the kitchen we've expanded our kitchen which allows us to Look at how we um, bring forward a new food menu and a new food offering. So, you know, there's a lot a lot of newness coupled with that rustiness of coming back from being closed for so long. We just we're wanting to be a little bit cautious. Um, and equally, I think I want to get out for some food and a and a and a and a cocktail or two myself. all. in between because we've gone so much, you know, from the last year of being like Closed down, open, closed down, open. It's been very business focused. And I'm just kind of like, you know what? I've not actually had a pint. Yeah, exactly. Or I've not actually, you know, I've not actually, you know, gone out for dinner. I'm still like doing the same things that I'm doing. And I'm like, let's, uh, you know, let's make sure, you know, at least one night we get out and, you know, have a nice meal somewhere.
0: Definitely call it research, taste testing, do that, do that Absolutely. Way. It's the best yeah, competition. We're <laughs> scoping out the competition.
1: That's what, that's what we'll call it.
0: Um, and for those uh, who are listening, they might not know of Siberia. Do you want to give us a background uh, to Siberia and your role there?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So um, myself, I've been with Siberia now. I started there as a trainee assistant manager around about seven, eight years ago. Um, since then, I've worked my way up to, to general manager. And then subsequently, I've become a director in the business um, about two years ago. Um, and over that time, we've we've developed the... The kind of business model, as it were, you know, it is a it is a, a bit of a hybrid business. When I joined, it was known as Siberia Vodka Bar and uh, Aberdeen City Center Hotel. So it was you know one operating company trading, essentially as like two separate businesses. You know to keep that different hotel identity and then also keep a separate kind of bar identity. And as that's kind of evolved, we've rebranded and and now become you know Siberia Bar and Hotel under one everything kind of under one roof, one destination within. You know Belmont Street for for you know one that one stop shop for all you need you know eat drink, stay type ethos, um and and that you know has probably been one of the, you know crowning glories of of our of our you know ten my tenure there uh, in the last kind of seven eight years is 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 creating that, you know hybrid business um that allows us to to move forward now um po- well it served us particularly well I think before the pandemic in terms of allowing the hotel to have a bit more longevity given that the hotel market in Aberdeen is notoriously difficult um to maintain um occupancy level um you know i think the hotel sector in the city's been one of the hardest hit in terms of closures and loss of rooms loss of kind of bedrooms um throughout 2020 into 2021 so um we're very keen now to you know take all that we've learned in the last in the last year um and we've done a lot of research in the last three months and then push forward into reopening and beyond and and hoping beyond hope that we don't have to um you know things don't go the wrong way again and we end up being closed down.
0: I think we'll be okay. Fingers crossed. Yes, that takes me on to my next question. So this week marks the reopening of the hospitality industry um in Scotland. Yeah, I'd probably say um to say it's been hellish for the hospitality industry is probably putting it really lightly and um, it's much worse than that but I, me personally i think that the media have really played down the lack of support that the hospitality industry has had mm-hmm. um i mean we've had the furlough scheme and eat out to help out but was that enough
1: well if you take aberdeen in it on its own we had we did not get eat out to help out we got three days of eat out to help out because we went That's into, right. we, went course, into yeah. a, we went into a local lockdown Our local update, I forgot, I block that from my memory. No, so did I, so did I. (laughs) We did did not get that support, so we didn't get that, you know, boost in trade or that kind of, you know, the ability to get those first-time customer visits due to that mechanism and, and then kick on from there. That did not happen for us. Furlough has been phenomenal in terms of being able to retain staff, which, you know, for the last year, it's helped us keep them in a job and give them a job to come back to because I know that my own business would survive because I would do everything to make sure it did but there's hidden costs within furlough you know so there's things there like we have to pay national insurance we have to pay pension contributions there's holiday accrual that still happen um throughout that time period that we will we still have to have to pay for so furlough is not A complete you know get out of jail free card it's not a it's not a freebie and i feel like that's been kind of understated slightly because you know if you take yeah that might be a small cost at a small workforce say 10 you know a a, a workforce of 10 that's furloughed it might, might might be a bit of a nominal cost you can absorb it my only my own workforce you know 25 to about 20 between 25 and 30 um you know we were getting 3000 pounds of support grants in a, in a month from the strategic business framework um grants that were being given out by local authorities on behalf of the Scottish government and that 3000 pounds covered that cost for me in a month but then i still have you know contractual obligations your your utilities you know gas electric water um anything over and above that you know any contractual things like you might have with your Car payment provider or your website hosting or your, you know, like there's, you know, layers and layers above that. So there's nothing covering those costs and that's just my own business. And then if you multiply that up into workforces of hundreds or workforces of 200s or 300s and then up to the thousands, you know, you get yourself into a bit of a sticky wicket because, you know, if it's not covering the cost for me, it's definitely not covering the cost for a lot of other people. And that £3,000 that is specifically for me comes out of those headline figures that the government like to kind of turn around and tell you that we've given hospitality X amount of million, which looks great mm-hmm. to, you know, you know I mean, on the face of things, when I, I really don't like to sound ungrateful to millions, you know, I really don't. And I've said that a lot of the time when I've spoken about support. You don't want to seem ungrateful to receive funding, but it's hard when it's not enough. Yeah. And you've got businesses taking on debt in order to survive and their long-term forecast is what they've got to work three four years and all the profit that they could make within those three or four years goes to pay off their debts and then by the time they get to year five that's when they might start breaking a profit again because every three or four months you know debts accruing at such a high rate that you're talking maybe about 20 30 000 pounds of debt every quarter as we've gone through this so that's you know from kind of small and medium businesses within the sector. So it was very, very difficult to say, you know, with this with the support that we've been given that it's been enough because it's it, for me it certainly hasn't been. A lot of it's been particularly confusing and um, when it comes to broader broader support for say the late night sector, you know, nightclubs and so on, you know, and and live music venues. There's such a like there was a plethora of funding. There was like funds, 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 and nobody was sure which one they fell into. And then all of a sudden, you know, hospitality had one definition, and nightclubs had another definition. And then nightclubs were excluded from this fund, and then they could get into this fund. And there was just a lot of like cutting around the edges. And and I think support is twofold. You know, you that's the financial support, but it's also that understanding of of what it is that you what it is that we're going through, and a recognition of you know, the sacrifices that are being made at, at the, the altar of public health, you know, we've all gone through the last year to try and, and, and play our part in it, but it really seems, you know, to to, to what end from our end as, as a business, you know, what have we sacrificed by way of, you know, the next decade? Of, of trying to recover yeah. for this
0: it's just crazy and I think that's the thing I think a lot of people don't I think everyone hears furlough scheme oh great you can keep your staff but they don't think of the the bigger picture of all the other costs that still have to go through no and it is hard they,
1: they don't but I mean at the same time you know I think furlough and I, I'd stress this is my own particular opinion I think furloughs done a couple of things it's Allowed people within the hospitality sector to have a consistent earning over the period of time. So they all have had the same, you know, 80% for that length of time, whereas if they were on, say, zero ever contracts, and it was, you know, variable hours from week to week, I mean, some weeks, you might get 30 hours, some weeks, you might get 20 hours, some weeks, you might get 10, because it's really quiet, or, you know, as you go through that you know, that in itself poses its own challenges. But now we're going to have this experience of all these people that have had the consecutive, you know, month on month on month with the same wages. And that in itself might be a problem going forward. Um, you know, trying to maintain that for people if business isn't as, business isn't as good um, when we do come back, which I don't think that will be the case, but it is a, it is a worry. And it's also, you know, it's kept people from questioning things, in my opinion you know, furlough has been great, so the government are paying everyone's wages, so let's not necessarily ask too many questions. Let's just, you know, quite happy to be furloughed, I think, is the general consensus. And and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, because, you know, you're doing what we should be doing during this time, and we're able to comply with the restrictions that are in place due to furlough. But, you know, there's not that much accountability going about because there's not much pressure for the accountability to be there.
0: Well, everyone listening, when we can go out, order over what you need. And if you're not hungry for dessert, (laughs) order it anyway and take it home in a box. Just order up, pay more than you need to, help everyone out. Um, And I think that's what everyone needs to do and support local as well. A highlight theme for me um, from the food industry was collaboration. And I think that always is a theme anyway, but I feel like the pandemic really strengthened that, I guess, with Belmont Street on its own. There was all the businesses kind of grouped together, do the fresco dining outside. Do you think the pandemic did strengthen the collaborational spirit? I should say? yeah,
1: yeah. I, I I mean I think so. I think a lot of that can be seen in the ho- when the hospitality industry came together during the lockdown. It was that you know the Aberdeen hospitality together group was founded during that lo- local lockdown because there was a need for us to come together to prove that we weren't the problem. You know we weren't the issue. It yeah. wasn't you know pubs were not to blame for what happened um or or hospitality was not to be blamed for what happened and I think we came out the side of that with re and are reestablishing our um you know, reestablishing that confidence within the within the public. Um across the piece there has been great collaboration, you know, people working together like you see JoJo's in Books and Beans uh, on Belmont Street there with the same kind of canopy over the top of each other and that has really helped them You've got the whole of uh, little Belmont Street that is has been cordoned off for sections for each you know business to take advantage of outside as well, and I think you know that to me that working together ethos is something that we are definitely taking forward um into the business for the next food menu that we're looking at to try and collaborate with people, um and and, and you know help help them, you know we're looking at working with people like that that are small independents that we can help you know, we want to try and and and, and 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 create that kind of circular economy around the city centre that shows that we can support each other and we can change and that we can, you know, use this collaboration model to improve, you know, not just the offering in the city centre, but the the standard of living in the city centre, the, you know, the the potential that the city centre has can be found within, within that collaboration. Uh, it will take time. Every problem under the sun is not immediately going to be solved, but as long as we come at it with a positive attitude and, 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 you know, we know the right people that we can help solve it with, I think that goes a long way.
0: Definitely. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work, as they always say. It certainly <laughs> does. It certainly does. I remember uh, seeing a really good tweet of yours and it was about b- bouncing forward rather than bouncing back after the pandemic. What's uh, three learnings yeah. that you'll be taking with you
1: into the, the new chapter? Um, I think that we... Will be going through like a kind of hybrid approach to service for sure. I think we've really enjoyed table service, which isn't something that you would necessarily asso- associate with uh, the venue you know before. Um, that's definitely been something that will be taken forward. So I suppose that's one thing. Um, confidence. You know, confidence in my own ability. You know, like in terms of doing things like this and uh speaking to various media you know whether that's press or, or television or or whoever you know just generally you know a bit more self-belief that I, I, i'm I people keep telling me when i do that that i do quite well so you know i'm generally quite self-deprecating when it comes to when it comes to that, i'm like oh was that good was it oh um so you know i mean a little bit of that is 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 is, is good for myself in terms of a learning and then i suppose the third thing is just you know, as it, it's no fear, you know, the, you know, that you can't, you can't, uh, we can't progress and we can't go forward as a, as a city and that also ourselves as a business and a, in my own case as two businesses, um, you know, with, with any fear about, you know, if you've got a question to ask, you ask the question, or if you've got something to do, you've got to find out who to ask the question of and, and, and get yeah. by it. A lot of people potentially let that fear kind of, Inhibit them, or or you know, or could you do that, or or could you know, you know, mm-hmm. for me it's just kind of like well, you know, take it head on, you know, just take that confidence and t- and take it head on, no fear with w- whatsoever, um, and, and and have have no fear if you're changing your business model. I mean, for us, we we've basically ripped ripped up our food menu and are completely starting again, you know, and that takes a lot of courage. For a business to do that, mm-hmm. you could easily just lean back on you know the old faithfuls
0: massively. I think that is a thing a lot of people have taken from um pandemic is like grabbing the bull by the horns and just going going with yeah. less too short got to jump in with it i'm a sucker for a good social media post and i back in christmas i loved your uh love actually <laughs> inspired um christmas post where you spoofed the keira knightley on the doorstep scene um, yeah. it was absolutely brilliant <laughs> um if you were to travel back in time and visit yourself on a doorstep in snowy aberdeen oh, oh what message would you pass on to yourself
1: so i, I got asked this question at our uh an event I did for Aberdeen Uni a while ago when we talked about an entrepreneurial response to to a pandemic and, and my answer was that I wouldn't change a thing um and and that was just on the basis that I trust I trusted myself I've tr- I trust every step that I've made in this in, in this uh last year and and you know to me we've co- we've come out of it stronger for everything that we've gone through and experienced yeah um we've learned a lot we've learnt a lot about the mechanics of how things work in both local government and national government and i think you know politics is very much there to stay within our you know within our lives <laughs> it's it's very much yeah. cemented in in into what it is that we can and cannot do right now so um my message would be, if it was written on a card and I was dropping it down, it would just be trust in your convictions, you know, stick to what you think is right. You've got a really solid moral compass and if you think it's right, then it's right and and, and just stay true, you know, because that, that in, in my experience of the last year is what served me well is you know, in the absence of the actual, like, actual guidance, or the absence of actually knowing what to do, or the, you know, even in the first few days, in the absence of the furlough scheme, for example, just, you know, just trusting in your own instincts, and just knowing what mechanisms you have in play to, to, you know, keep your staff from panicking, you know, at that first kind of stage, we were Mm -hmm. like, right, well, what can we do at this stage, we're like, right, so we've got we've got holidays, we can use holiday pay. You know, we can do that. Like, yeah. you know, everybody, it's going to be fine. You know, we'll give everybody two weeks holiday till we figure out what's going on. And then everyone was like, oh, that's sound. You know, everybody chilled at that point. I chilled out at yeah. that point. They were like, right, okay. And then, you know, two, two, three days later or whatever it was, oh, there's this furlough scheme. Great, fantastic, you know. So, you know, just being able to be confident in what it is that you believe to be right.
0: Yeah, and that must have been like a massive under like obviously your staff were stressing out but obviously you would have been stressing out like not knowing what way to go how how was that managing both sides of that obviously being
1: oh it's, it was incredible yeah. yeah oh it was it was really really you know like an absolutely tumultuous week um that back in you know march 2020 um so within the business there's three directors there's myself and there's two other uh directors both of them were based overseas at that point, one in Thailand and one in South Africa, you know? So it was just me, only man, only man there. So what we had to organise was, you know, we had to organise the staff and then we had to organise a building shut down, none of which we had ever done before. Nobody's ever shut yeah. the building down. Nobody, a, a lot of businesses generally have never, you know, turned it off. Yeah, Um. So we, so we had, to, you know, we just do it. We just keep going. So we, we turned everything off. You know, it was just a case God. of make a list, check it twice <laughs> and, and get through it you know yeah. it was very difficult but we just you know went at it in the most practical way possible and tried to think logically about it and and for me the most important thing was to make sure that the staff were protected and once we'd done that then the rest was just arbitrary you know it could have been picked up at a later date mm-hmm. and then for two months it was just making sure that the building was secure and nobody was trying to break in that yeah. was it <laughs> keep
0: the shop safe keep the shop safe. that's it keep the shop safe absolutely <laughs> <laughs> right let's move on to um food and drink now so a highlight for me at uh, siberia is the home shots so rhubarb rock is my go-to that's always the one that i always go for um but let's pretend that i've never been in siberia before and i'm walking in for the first time but i know i want six house shots what shots (laughs) are you recommending
1: Oh well, everybody that I'll I'll attest to to my uh, like for sewer plume shots. Oh yes. That that they are um you know, they're basically just sugar and <laughs> vodka. But they are just they're they're my go-to. They're definitely my go to um recommendation and both, you know, on a personal level if I'm if I'm allowed a, a beverage then I'll definitely partake in a few syrup plumes. But if I was I, I, I don't know if I would recommend as many as six, I think I think everybody you know like but much like yourself, I think everybody you know has tried the board, and they've found their favorite yeah, one the uh, i think. I think they've got their ones, mine's definitely sewer plume, yours is rhubarb rock, you know, I think the best thing to do when you get like if you've never been in before is just get yourself a roulette paddle and try and avoid Dude. that chili shot and just um you, <laughs> know, you know try tra- try a vari- try a variety you know, try a variety of them yeah. for sure
0: oh. Good answer. Good plug. Get people in. Try it for themselves. (laughs) Um, And you mentioned that the the food menus had a huge overhaul. If you can reveal anything that's going to be on the menu, what would be your recommended order?
1: Uh, Well, we've already teased out some bits and bobs. We've we've been developing um, a pizza menu for a while now. Um, It's a big direction change for us. It's a big thing to kind of hang our hat on. And uh, we were very conscious throughout the pandemic that we didn't have a food offering that was necessarily deliverable. You know, everybody kind of altered alternated their business to do you know food deliveries. Mm-hmm. um and we didn't necessarily see ourselves with an identity that set us apart enough to enter that space. You know, we didn't think yeah. we didn't think we would do ourselves justice. So we've spent a bit of time developing a a pizza menu with a really solid independent ethos you know we think that if we get you know the building blocks of that right um a a mind-blowing dough so you've got a great base um a simple but effective sauce that we can you know have as our own it's our own it's our pizza sauce it's cybea's pizza sauce um and then build up from there whether that's with you know um we were talking a lot about vegan mozzarella over the last few days. We've been talking about smoked mozzarella. We've been talking, you know, really over analyzing and over egging, nice. <laughs> over egging every kind of, every kind of point of it to just build that solid base so that it doesn't. You know, it shouldn't particularly matter what you put on top of it. You know, the toppings are the toppings are, a choice thing. If you've got, yeah. if you have the base right then the rest, you know, you can use that, like I say, you, that circular economy, that supporting economy of, you know, people potentially like smoke and soul who you've, who you've referenced that you've spoken mm-hmm. to before, or, you know, um, Great Glen Charcuterie is, is is a fantastic um supplier of, you know, venison meats and so on and the, the, from the Cairngorms. They, you know, that that allows us to have that mechanism that we can do that with and allow us to build up that food side of our business that, you know, people maybe come to us for, you know, mac and cheese or maybe they've come to us in the past for a a, a specific burger, but we've never really stood out within the food marketplaces within Aberdeen, in in my opinion, because we've never had anything that defines us. And I'm really keen to make sure that this pizza experiment does do that.
0: Oh, that sounds great. I mean, I love pizza. Pizza is my go-to um, most important question: Will Hawaiian pizza feature?
1: No. What? <laughs> no. There will be no. The, Stuart, come the, on. They cancel the call. There will be no pineapple on my pizzas. There made oh. unless I, I might, I might have to take a day. If I take a day off and a pineapple appears in a pizza, that that's the only time I, I I fundamentally disagree with pineapple on pizza. But people might try and prove me wrong. We're trying to keep things relatively simple to start off with. It's nice and accessible for people so we don't want to scare anybody with any pineapple but what i will say is so far in terms of the menu that's been written the first for uh, well i think we're on our second draft of it now the guys in the the kitchen team have put a really good effort into mm. uh, some of the topping choices there you know they're they're messing around with pool jackfruit so um i'm not not to give too much away but i'm really quite excited about i uh, so it's kinda of like a Fanta Orange barbecue sauce pulled jackfruit type thing that they're working on. And it's so it Holy sounds molly. and it you Love know, it idea. blew my mind. I was like, you know what, you guys are you guys are hitting some really good buttons with that. So they've really, because for me, when I was constructing the menu, I was really conscious. You, know, you don't just want the vegan and vegetarian stuff thrown at the end. You don't want it to be a separate part. For me, I was like, right, we're going to do numbers. The pizzas are all going to be numbered one to 10. And within that, there's going to be, you yeah. know, the, they're just going to be in there. Yeah. And they're just going to be the options. It's not like they're going to have to go down here to find it. But the one thing they will find on the side is we are going to have what is our first ever eating challenge. Yes. In Siberia, which is something that I've wanted for a long time, um and it's not like a, it's not, it's not like a, you know, you've got to eat ten pizzas and get a pizza free type <laughs> vibe. It's, it's not, it's not that in the slightest. It's very much, you know, we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna spice things up. It's a spicy pizza challenge. So we're just gonna basically be making your eyes sweat. <laughs> Um, and seeing if you can eat the pizza and get your photo up in the Hall of Fame. And that's, you know, something I've wanted to do for a long time. I think it lends itself to a more of a food-focused business. Um, and I'm really quite excited about that one because, you know, it's going to be different and it's going to be a challenge. And I think nice. that's something that's unique. It's something that's unique. I don't see it much around the city centre.
0: Yeah, there isn't actually... Now you say it, there's actually not many... I, I can't actually think of anywhere that does that. Eating. I, don't, I mean, there's Asheville Whale, but there's, there's that. But people have taken that one on
1: Uh, yeah 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 but like and that that's like that's kind of like more like the the eat 10 pizzas get one free kind of line you know this is going to be um hall of fame unique and i think that should be something that does you know scream different and 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 you know i think people will be keen to you know try it and challenge each other you know i think every pizza every pizza that we make is going to be unique um and every challenge itself will be unique because the sauce will be made bespoke for the the challenge so I'm excited about that one
0: well I'll be packing my eating jeans for that day when that day comes <laughs> yeah. Siberia has definitely put its stamp on mixology and <laughs> um, with its many many cocktails what's your favorite cocktail to make
1: for sure my favorite cocktail so the first ever cocktail that we shook in the bar was an espresso martini oh. Yes. And an espresso, and it was and it was a rum teeny more more to the point. Um, and it, yeah, that's to to this day is is up there with you know one of my favorite drinks. Um, and I'm sure the the bar staff will attest that you know a porn star martini is also up there with one of my favorites. But we you know try and do all of ours a little bit different to what you would get you know in other places. So there's little twists and little quirks and little homemade things in there that we try and you know put together. Um, I think the guava nice day is kind of has become our signature serve almost as a drink. It's very unique to the venue um you won't get that anywhere else so there was a lot of time and effort from the team there um over you know throughout twenty nineteen into twenty twenty in in terms of training and learning and improving that side of the business that is really now paying dividends when we were doing this different kind of style of service of table service of people wanting these i think you in general i think the drinking culture really lends itself now to that as a product you know people want that you know they want to be able to go wherever they want to go but they also want to go there and drink a porn star yeah. in every place you know you know like old manny pubs included Do you know mm-hmm. what i mean they want like they want what they want yeah. you know that's what they're wanting to keep it's like it's like you know i, I would go most places and i would have a pint and that's available everywhere it's kind of coming round to that point with cocktails and people you know trying their hand at it and that's very much what we did in the first instance and we've learned and we've trained and we've you know kind of improved over time and we will keep improving
0: definitely and I've had the rum teeny before and I can confirm it is banging it is good <laughs> good could hook it up to my bloodline It'd be great if you were to make a cocktail um, to represent you what would it be called and what would you be putting in it?
1: cocktails probably like a sir, sir so you know just <laughs> sir, sir times times 10 and i know i'm joking um i don't know that's very interesting and a cocktail that would reflect me i think what the team would tell you would it be it would be a white russian because there was a piece in the evening express about me telling the evening express how to make a white russian and there was a video of me making it and i just got the absolute mick taking out of me for for for, <laughs> I for 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 doing it just the way that I did it. They just were just taking the mic out of me, and I was they they just said obviously like I'm like the white Russian guy now, and I, every time every. <laughs> every time I go to order a cocktail or anything, they just kind of ask me, oh, is it white Russian? And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what it would be, actually, if I was to be a cocktail or make a cocktail.
0: A sewer plume makes a white Russian sounds...
1: Some, absolutely, some, absolutely something like that. <laughs> but, I mean, I could let, I could take my Siberia hat off and put my... Um, twisted sisters hat on for a second i mean we're yeah, we, in, go. in uh you know when we're bringing out our drinks range we'll be bringing out our ready to drink cocktail range so there'll be three strands of ready to drink cocktails bottled cocktails on that one that we'll be producing so we're going to be producing um my favorite one and that is an almond old-fashioned um and it's mm. really just it's really fine um it, it, just over ice you know straight pour over ice with that um, or you know what I could tr- I could see myself much as I do with the sewer plumes on a day you know yes if if you, if there was a need to play catch up or if there was a need to be <laughs> drinking you could definitely be doing shots of that so it's very interesting products that are coming out from us um, on that front um, and I suppose if I could crawl inside a bottle of cocktail it would definitely be that one given how much you know sa- how much recipe development and sampling I've done on that in the last you know year. <laughs>
0: So you've been general manager at Siberia for just come up to um 8 years you said what's been your highlight over your time there?
1: Yeah, I would say in terms of highlight I think it's you know we I've won quite a few awards in my time there um in 2019 we were nominated at the Scottish Licensed Trade Awards um as best independent bar in the country so up against four other independent bars in the country so you know to me you know that acknowledgement by peers on that level means a lot um and it means obviously i'm doing something right um over the piece so it's also good to get you know that kind of gratification up north because normally those awards are dominated by central belt so it's nice to you know break the mold in that sense um and very much you know I think the rebrand that I alluded to earlier on, moving the two businesses from being separate entities to, to having that one identity, you know, and, and driving that onward from there, outside of any kind of decorating you could do, or menu changes you could do, or staff changes you could do, that one single act has really given the business that longevity going forward that's allowed us yeah. allowed us to be a lot more versatile.
0: So true, and um, you mentioned the kind of rebranding and interiors and stuff. And I, I think it was a few weeks ago you shared the picture of was it back in the eighties? Um, what it looked like, and it looked yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by <Finn. laughs> Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I, I think I um. I referenced it earlier on. I was out at our warehouse today and out in our warehouse there are some of the old things from back in the day, like God. from from radars and so on, like the the old horse that used to sit in the windows in the warehouse and some of the old signage on the window and stuff, you know. Right. And it's just kinda like, Wow, like, you know, what must it have been like back in the day, you know? Like before I could even, you know, go into pubs and and, and clubs and so on, you know, ever since I've been in them, no one can smoke. No one the smoking ban came in, just, you know, before I started really going into pubs and clubs um, and that's something that you know when someone talks about i'm like what on earth are you even going on about what, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean you used to sit in here and smoke i couldn't even imagine that Get out! i couldn't Get even ima- i i would i would have a you know it's just uh, things have changed so rapidly you know in yeah. terms of both consumer trend and legislation over the last you know 15 years even that you know the environment that we're in now Compared to what the environment would have been back then, is incredible. incredible.
0: You ever think of incorporating some of the old stuff you got in the warehouse back into, or is it so old that you actually couldn't incorporate it?
1: No, it's it's in pretty it's in pretty good nick. You know, it's in pretty good nick out there. You know, and I think what you know we've we've had we've toyed with that a few times. You know, radars itself has got a very good reputation amongst uh, a certain generation. You know, in Aberdeen City and Shire, it's referenced you know quite extensively. Um, and one thing that we did consider was should we be creating a separate food brand within the business that perhaps is maybe harking back to that? So something like oh, Radar's yeah. Kitchen or something was what was on the table at one point, you know, kind of thinking about how we would you know, move that food offering forward. But we've really kind of shied away from that on the basis that, you know, we need to put things to bed. You always need to put things to bed. And if something's going to, you know, you know, you've got to move forward, you've got to make your own path. Yeah, you can call on it. You know, social media is a great entity for, you know, dredge yeah. like throwbacks and, you know, p- pulling all these kind of things out of the archives. But really what we need to be doing is, you know, creating our own, you know, Siberia for uh, uh, Siberia for this age group or for Siberia in its own, you know, standalone right to be as memorable in, in people's yeah. consciousness as, as yeah. radars. And I think that in itself is the yeah. challenge.
0: So, and Aberdeenshire have many alcohol brands uh, to boast about. What are your three top local drink brands and why do they make your list?
1: Three top local drinks brands? Well, Twisted Sisters drinks yeah. are a great brand. <laughs> uh, very Yeah, they're, uh, they're brand new. They're um, going to be making hard seltzers and ready-to-drink cocktails. They're, so they're number one on the list. Um, second on the list for me as a... A beery kind of guy. I'm a, a big fan of uh, Six Degrees North. I think the the beers that they, the 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 guys put out over there for me, you know, very good quality and I, and I like the bars mm-hmm. as well. Um, but one brand that I've worked closely with over time, and it's that, you know, it's not the most prominent or well known um gin brand within the, the shire, but it's um, Versperis Gin. The guys out in Rothy Norman. Blackford Craft Distillery is the okay. name of... I've actually heard of them. Their buz- their business. Um, Versperous Gin is, and Versperous Vodka is um, their product. And they've planted a cider um, orchard out in their farm as well. So they'll be bringing a cider to market, hopefully, would in uh, the oh, Aberdeenshire first cider, I think, in, 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 in the next year, I would hope, for them. So a little nod to them. Good friends of mine.
0: Good, good. So looking out with the North East, uh, where's a bar in Scotland that you can't wait to go back to?
1: Oh, a bar in the whole of Scotland. Well, to be honest, the, the bar that I can't wait to go back to is the View Hotel in the village that I live in. You know, yeah. I can't wait to get back in there and just see some locals and, you know, enjoy a pint. You know, I know they'll be open on the 26th. Um, or I hope they're open on the 26th, yeah. I haven't heard yet. But I think, you know... It would probably be something like back, go back home in Kirkcaldy and just have a pint with my brother and you know, at, yeah. at some 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 local that's near his house. You know, to me, hope comforts. Yeah, I think it's important to get back into hospitality spaces to yeah. to, to, use, to use them, but to me, you know, there's as much value in a social club or a or a village pub or or a you know a hotel lounge or a whiskey bar. You know that. There's as much value in any of the settings that, uh, than 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 just one particular one. I would say that I'm dying particularly to go and get a Pizano pizza in Glasgow. Oh, yes. That, you know, in terms of places that I like to go when I'm away, that's definitely one of them as well. So. Go
0: on, you can say Siberia.
1: No, no listen to you know what <laughs> I'm sick. I'm sick of the sight of the place. I you know I <laughs> I I can't wait until there's other people in it because I'm fed up looking at the walls. So I'm sick of the sight of it.
0: Hearing the footsteps.
1: Absolutely. It's too hollow.
0: (laughs) Okay, right. So that's uh, Siberia and your food recommendations out the way. Let's focus on Twisted Sisters. So you've taken the leap to start up your new venture. Kind of touched on it earlier, but tell us a bit more about it and how did it all come about?
1: Sure, it's not my fault. I'll start off by saying that. It's my sister-in-law. She is the brain is she, behind the operation. Is
0: she the, twisted, is she the
1: twisted sister? She's the twisted sister, ah. as it were. So there you go. That's the that's the base of the story. Um, so my sister-in-law, Ruth, who runs... She's uh, the manager at Attic Nightclub in town, in okay. Aberdeen. Um, and I've known her for years. We've worked together for, for, like, you know, we've known each other for about 12, 13 years, something like that. And we have always wanted to do something there's always been some kind of niggle in the back of our head you know we've always wanted to do something and she had spent her time on furlough really wisely she was on accelerators business accelerators you know startup courses you know trying to figure out what it is that she could do with her time and she came up with this idea for um a drinks company that did um hard seltzers and and, and ready to drink cocktails you know ready to drink cocktails were kind of primarily aimed to that premium end of the market where, you know, you can get that cocktail experience in your house without that kind of hassle or being able to put the right flavours together, the right amount of flavours together. So that kind of section of the market and hard seltzers are in phenomenal growth in, you know, America and, and the UK. It's no stranger to being too far behind those trends. So it's very much, you know, on the cusp of, of, of kicking off once the hospitality industry can reopen again we'll be making the most of our on-trade contacts and getting it into wherever we can get it into in the first instance we'll be having um seltzers and cans and and the the three variants of that are coconut and lime which seems to be everybody's favorite so far uh, rhubarb and ginger and blueberry and elderflower and we'll be having three cocktails that are bottled that will be an almond old-fashioned that i've already mentioned strawberry and vanilla margarita and a uh, espresso Martini and Vanilla Espresso Martini. So we've got three, we've got six, six products that are coming to market. Um, you know, and we're really excited about all of them. One of the things, one of the, my next projects, bring after bringing those to market is figuring out how we can potentially, you know, get those seltzers on draft and get them into some, get them into some venues. I think draft seltzer could be a really big growth market in the next few years. So there's a lot of potential around the business. Um, a lot of hard work around the business uh, it's pretty relentless um but you know uh, it's it's really been born out of that no fear ethos um and the ability to conduct almost everything over the internet the normalization of this kind of style of communication yeah. has really you know emboldened the the potential of 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 ourselves here because you know normal times or pre-COVID as people call it you know you'd be wanting to have sit-down meetings with certain people and you you know and it really helps synergize diaries and really helps you know you get to the meetings that you need to get to faster because you don't necessarily have to have you know introductory coffees or you know it's basically just like an introductory email and then Straight in. Let's get down down to business. And that's been very productive for us. Really looking forward to bringing our product to market. We've been working with some fantastic people, a fantastic marketing team, fantastic production team. Um, And now, you know, the crux is coming down to our sales strategy and a lot of planning on our sales strategy. And I'm really looking forward to, you know, being able to shut people up that keep asking me for samples and keep asking me for, you know, can I try it yet? Can I try it yet? Because, you know, they're, they're going to be fed up in me making them try it by the time I actually yeah. get the product to market.
0: <laughs> if I've done my research right, you guys are the first kind of heart seltzer company in the northeast, in Scotland probably as well, really.
1: For sure, yeah. We're I would say we're the first in the northeast region. I mean, Brewdog brought out a seltzer called Clean Press uh-huh. um, that they make in Ellen. Um, we... Have I would say two other competitors within the Scottish space for hard seltzers at the moment there's a brand called for it, and then there's also um a a brand that is produced in Glasgow called lilo um and as far as Scottish seltzer market goes you know we're we're pretty small just now, and as far as the seltzer market in the u k goes it's very much dominated by those headline names mm-hmm. at the moment you yeah. know um that you can relate back to the American seltzer market of your White claws, your Mike's lemonade. Um, you know, and there's some startup brands coming into that space, European brands like Bodega Bay, um, a UK brand called Dirty, which is not Dirty conventionally, it's DRTY. Um, and there's other people, you know, entering into that arena, as it were. And I think what's interesting for me especially with a brand that has a story and a brand that has a really good grounding in family and inclusivity and 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 you know trying to be something that already settles, sets itself apart before you even you know you're even got a can in your hand serves it better in the longer term against these big faceless um you know cat companies that are producing millions and millions of cans that flood the market with these things they all look the same they all have one-dimensional flavors they all don't actually you know my experience of hard seltzer before we considered this was that you know you know your seltzer is it's raspberry or it's lime or it's and it's definitely developing more now with flavor combinations and i think there's some iced tea infused variants nowadays but it's just progressing very very quickly um and we are hoping to you know Hitch our hitch our sail to that to that mast and 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 sail along with it.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing I was going to say. Like in summer, it seemed like there was like a huge boom in like hard seltzer from the bigger companies that you mentioned, and when I heard about you guys coming in with your flavors, it was like a breath of fresh air because obviously the ones that were all in the supermarkets it was like your limes, your raspberries, all very samey um and yeah. when i saw all your ones i was like oh geez these are gonna be insane and now that i know about the cocktail range as well like that's
1: like just yeah. absolutely
0: amazing what's your um because
1: because to me to me you wouldn't just generally go up to the shelf and pick a lime no. of any of anything yeah. i mean that's just my own palate yeah. like i don't think i would ever really go up and have like a lime flavored something no. you know it's very neat very niche yeah So
0: no no it's okay <laughs> um what's your i was gonna say what's your uh, favorite flavor from your current line that you've got
1: Favorite flavor is the coconut and lime. That to me is the first one that I'll be trying to move into mm-hmm. into the draft. Um, it's been the one that's been widely remarked on by anybody that we've sampled or anyone that we focus grouped or been able to focus group that they were most surprised by, and it was the most interesting flavor. So for for me, that's that's the one. I'm really keen to just get them out there because the more people that taste them, the more people that will like yeah, them as well. Definitely
0: get the seed planted <laughs> firmly absolutely is there a, a flavor combo that you've not mentioned that you'd like to introduce one that you maybe be hesitant with because you don't know how it's going to be taken
1: no but uh, one thing that we're looking at down the line in terms of a variation is to vary the base spirit in it so they're all vodka based at the moment but one idea that i have and i'll hasten that it's just an idea at this stage is in order to get footholds in regional markets would be to use regional spirits as the base so if it was possible to build a seltzer that, and this again is just a fictional idea that I have at the moment, but if you take Glasgow, if you were to try and get a foothold in Glasgow, if you could try and fashion a Buckfast-based old, like hard seltzer. Yeah. I, listen, I've not done the chemistry on it yet. I don't know if it balances. I don't know if we could get a good flavour out of that. You know, that to me, you know, you could potentially then flip that on its head and look at Edinburgh and be like, right, so what's a could you use Edinburgh in as a base there and, and and you know try and do that go back to that you know point of your first question that you asked me about collaboration within the industry as a whole that to me and that crossover from a startup brand into an established brand i think that there's something that we would be very keen to try and try and make work in, in in the future
0: amazing opportunity to do that and you've just reminded me of how much i miss a buckybomb absolutely oh amazing. you and me both actually i, I should have
1: said that. I, 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 that should that would be my cocktail of Enjoy choice a
0: bucky <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what, would,
0: what would you make of a bucky
1: Oh, I don't know. We used to, we what did we do? We did a buck fast mojito for a while. That was actually really that was really nice actually. It was really, really nice in the summer I think of you know I think it's twenty eighteen I think we did a buck fast mojito. It was really good.
0: Right, okay. Well when I come back into Siberia I'm gonna to go to the bar and I'm gonna say, Can I get a bucket, Can I get a one- Bucky Mojito please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Recommended sure. I'll, make, by I'll make
1: you one. Yeah, recommended by me. I'll make
0: it. <laughs> I love it. Um and yeah, I love the branding of uh, Twisted Sisters. It's kinda like uh for anyone sure. who's not seen, it, it's kinda like a Picasso beats Warhol type of kind of blend. It's really it's really great. How,
1: Absolutely. where
0: did the inspiration come from?
1: So going to a couple of marketing agencies and not liking it and then eventually finding somebody that just understood it. what it was that we were what we were we were putting down. So there was a lot of Pinteresting and a lot of um you know, looking at things that we did like that we wanted to bring into a style of branding. Um and from there building it outwards. And we put it together the put it to a few people and this you know the the illustrator at this company they just brought it to life um and that in itself was you know a really valuable exercise because it showed that they bought they understood Jeff. what it was that we were actually saying and what it and who it was that we were actually trying to to reach with what we were doing as well I think that was important because I think a lot of people might be alienated by you know women on the can and people were saying to us you know and we've had some feedback from various you know we've entered a couple of funding competitions and stuff like that and people were concerned that we're niching our market too much by having a you know we're in the we're in the rtd category we're the we're within within that we're within the hard seltzer category which is very much you know seen to be a male dominated with the brands that are in there just now and what we're doing is creating a female category so we're appealing a female brand within that category which is appealing to a smaller market segment but I don't really believe that in the slightest to me what I what I see there is something that appeals not just to 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 me as as, as a male but okay. to anybody really and it's about that and that in itself is that foundation stone of that you know inclusive um brand comes from that story on the can right the way out it's about you know it's about being able to express yourself it's about you know it's about conflict you know like there's two sisters in every can and there'll be a narrative of storyline of advertising that will run between the conflict between the two you know you've got on the can you'll be like one one likes coconut yeah. one likes lime but you put them both together and you get a perfect combination you know that in itself is a, is a you know a really simple narrative but a really powerful narrative because you know two two people coming together the sum of their parts is more powerful exactly. than they are individually and that is you know that story relates back to th- themes like family and themes like like i say inclusivity and and, and and equality and and all these kind of things that are important to talk about these days and you know i think it's something to me that is going to be really powerful going forward that we can and you know evoke to to draw people's attention to it you know uh, yeah, uh, and and also have our, have our, have people's attention drawn to the right things about it as opposed to as opposed to being concerned about it being a brand that might over-segment itself within a marketplace
0: yeah and i think the people who gave that feedback i think will be eating their hat one day because it sounds like a crock of rubbish to me, it does as well. That's what I thought when I read it. If I'm just, like, browsing in the shop and I'm looking at different brands of alcohol or whatever, like, I buy for the bottle half the time or I buy for the can. Yeah. Like, I'd, and I look at, like, the story and whatever, but I wouldn't look at a can and see a woman on it and be like, oh, that's not for me. Exactly. That's, that's not, a, like, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, but, um, I agree. No, it's, it's interesting to hear. So, right, that takes us on to our final question. You're making um, a can of happiness to remedy the worst of days What's the, the recipe
1: that you're putting into that can? For me, it's, it's just my family. I think, you know, the, yeah. the the mix that I have at home here, when I lived in the city centre, I was ne- I never felt like I was at home. That was my own yeah. per- personal opinion. You know, I, I don't mean that as in like my home never felt like my home. I just never felt like I would be at home. So I'd be wanting to do this or yeah. wanting to do that or wanting to go here. Wanting to always so, be out and about. Yeah, absolutely. So to yeah. come home and then what's here is, you know, I've got big garden I've got two dogs I've got three kids I've got my wife you know like it's it's that if I could bottle all that up and put that in it that's kind of like my both my motivation for everything that I do it's what keeps me keeps me going throughout you know challenging days or tiring days or or whatever knowing that everything that I'm doing now whether that's Twisted Sisters or Siberia or whether it's you know I'm very vocal about how how the city center should come through this in aberdeen it's it's all looking way further ahead than I feel a lot of other people are because for me to be able to you know hold on to that jar of happiness I've gotta I've, I've gotta have something to to give back to it I've got to feed, feed back to it you know and this is all legacy stuff that I'm trying to do here that f- 10 15 20 years down the line all the effort that I put in now at this stage, that's when it becomes worth it. You know, they've they've got things to to call their own, you know, or businesses to call their own that they can be in charge of or they can have careers in or, you know, and that in itself to me is what fills me with, with, with happiness is, you know, the potential of what I can do for my family, basically.
0: Amazing. And that's such a nice place to... To leave off tonight's episode and a nice note to kind of for anyone listening to take whatever you're doing just try and make your outward happiness everyone else's happiness carry it forward well thanks so much for joining me tonight Stuart no um, it's been great to have you on and I am very much looking forward to what Siberia's got to offer and the bright and fizzy future of Twisted
1: Sisters as well it's gonna be great thank you I appreciate that King words
0: Thanks so much to Stuart for being so candid in our chat and giving us just a glimpse of how tough the past year has been for the industry. Great things are on the horizon for not only Siberia, but I can't wait to get my hands on a can of Twisted Sisters. That coconut and lime flavour, me. But I reiterate what I mentioned earlier on pay over your bill wherever you can. It's been a rocky few months, as we all know, but let's help the local food industry by digging deep and giving back as much as we can. So next week, I'm chatting to Dave Griffith. <laughs> you always gonna trip up on that. So next week, I'm t- I'm chatting to Dave Griffiths. Oh God, I can't say. So next, <laughs> so next week, I'm chatting to Dave Griffiths, who is behind the favoured dining spot Avil, which took Aberdeen by storm with avocado on toasted lights, and massively changed perceptions of the Aberdeen food market. I mentioned Stacks Abs at the start of the podcast, and Dave is also behind this too. So we'll be looking ahead at what to expect from what looks like a real game changer for Aberdeen City. Right, I'm off down to the corner shop for a bottle of bucket, but in the meantime, stay safe, eat well, and speak soon.